Picks and Bets show presented by Prize Picks. I am Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell to go through Thursday's uh, night of hockey in the NHL. DJ, how you doing? I'm doing great. I mean, you know, after a two-game slate that ended up being pretty underwhelming, uh, not a ton of goals for what I was hoping for. I guess just ended up being uh, saved by the Hyman Bell. Um, yeah, I'm ready to get to this slate. I think it's gonna be a lot more fun. Uh, there's some games in here that I'm not as high on, and we get the uh, obligatory all Canadian games at a six and a half over under. So I guess that's just the way it's going to go for now on every Canadian game. This is going to be a, a massive shootout or bet the under. So Matt, how are you doing? How was your Wednesday? I know it was a little tilting. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, when, uh, you know, Sissima is the NHL goat of the DFS lobby and uh, he wins the top shelf with a onslaught of Toronto and my onslaught of Toronto with the entire first power play stack and Freddie, uh, didn't even cash. So big, big shout out Love to uh, Nick Ritchie and David Krejci there. Um, but, you know, as, as we know, the Mayo Media Network is always looking forward and we're talking about what's ahead of us. So uh, as frustrating as that was, uh, we can kind of get right into things here on Thursday. It's a, I mean, it's a very interesting, you know, uh, I guess slate of games because yeah. we do have a three of them sort of set to go off at 10 o'clock um, for a nice little nightcap. This Vegas game though is... Uh, dicey at best they had a, a close call honestly with no sec on the bench uh, basically getting pulled from the game mid-game with a covid positive result um, and the game so far is scheduled to be played so keep that in mind you know for betting for dfs that that game is sort of a, a ticking time bomb in terms of it could be canceled at any moment we've seen in the nba something sort of similar happen where game starts at 10 o'clock at 9.45, it's canceled because there was an extra positive test. So uh, just something to keep in mind. Luckily, from a betting perspective, you know, anything you bet on that game will be voided. So we'll go through it. Uh, but for daily fantasy, especially, and for seasonal fantasy, you know, just keep that in mind and be ready. Uh, so any thoughts uh, on the sort of games overall before we get into them? Yeah, I mean, I think that the obvious initial thought is always that before you do anything and look at these games, you really want to get over to FTN Network and you're going to want to sign up for the fantasy uh, bets for hockey with Meanie. You're going to want to sign up for FTN Daily to get the DFS content. You're going to want to use the code Mayo or Meanie, whatever you're feeling. If you're feeling crazy, uh, go with either of them. That's the, that's the first thing I wanted to get to here before you get started. Uh, Meany's been crushing, absolutely crushing. So definitely continue to follow him as well. If you don't listen to the Monday, Wednesday, I don't know why, uh, definitely check that out as well. So that's the, the first thing you're going to want to do here. But yeah, my initial thoughts on this later, I mean, that Vegas game, uh, from a betting perspective, it might be kind of tough to, to really ride Vegas at minus 230 potentially. But, you know, if that game does play, there's a lot of DFS implications. If it doesn't play, equally so. There's that, but we can get right to Pittsburgh than the Islanders, unless there's anything else you want to cover. No, let's go for it. All right. So Pittsburgh and the Islanders in the, the game that I'm probably the least excited about overall, just because I cannot decide. It seems like everything that leads me one way will lead me back to the other. Um, I think it's almost impressive that Pittsburgh is one in 10 against the spread. I, you know, I'm not going to say that that's completely indicative of how they've played. The defense has been really bad. Um, they haven't found the goals, even though they're generating offense. You have the Islanders who are very good at stopping teams from generating that offense. 
Um, the unders at five and a half, I, you know, I slightly lean towards it, but the goaltending has been pretty, you know, sh- shaky for Pittsburgh, for sure. The Islanders have had the Barlamov goat to start the year. And then that the wheels didn't completely fall off. They didn't one game, but not overall terrible. I find it really hard to pinpoint what this game's going to be. I want to say, I like the Pittsburgh side. Like that's, that's where my head's at. But you know, if I'm being completely honest, I'm not touching these money lines. I'm probably not going to play the over under. I might not even like fall in love with the player prop. So this game might just be a dead fade for me entirely because I don't know if I'm ever going to figure it out. Uh, Matt, what are you thinking? Um, yeah, I'm definitely on the Pittsburgh side of things here. Um, I think a lot of their struggles have been slightly overstated, like you said, due to some really you know kind of poor goaltending, uh, some bad luck, I guess, is sort of uh, my view of it for the most part. Uh, so I think getting them at, you know, even odds against this Islanders team that you sort of look under the hood and they have struggled to, you know, sort of consistently dominate play. Um, they're certainly not the Islanders team we saw in the bubble in August that was just, you know, merciless in uh, territorial advantage and all those things. Like they're just not doing that currently. Um, so I like sort of picking on them when there's sort of this still uh, aura around them as being like this really sound defensive team because they've been fine, but they're nothing special. And I just think that the big horses in Pittsburgh will come out to play here, um, you know, particularly Evgeny Malkin. I think that he's just bubbling under the surface, you know, just waiting for something to go his way. Um, and you can sort of see it. I mean, you know, you bet him to score a point right now, and it's minus 200. Uh, kind of crazy when you consider <laughs> it. Like, you know, just given the way it's five and a half over under, it's a pick on basically, um, you know, so... The player props themselves are a bit tough on DFS. I definitely like Malkin a bit more, uh, but I also like the Malkin over shots total. Uh, over two and a half gets you minus 118. Uh, you know, that just seems like I think he's the best rate shooter at the, you know, going at the moment on Pittsburgh and with his power play role and all that. Um, I like him the most here in this one. But any, you know, if, if you are forced at gunpoint to pick a bet from this game, uh, where are you going? You know, I mean, I, I, it's not on DraftKings, unfortunately, but if you could get a rust shot total, um, they have it over on FanDuel. The over uh, two and a half at 114 seems decently good to me. It's a very good. I, I'm not sure if it's a stone cold lock. It, it, it feels really good just maybe because of the last game. A lot of the numbers are really looking in his favor now after it was eight shot on goal, yeah, eight shot on goal yeah. against the Islanders. So, you know, am I, am I writing that as gospel? No, but I do think he's going to get 20 minutes. He'll play with Crosby. They obviously are using him as the focal point of shooting. Not maybe obviously they, they, they are trying to get him involved with shooting the puck that I think Malkin's a little bit more of the guy they want shooting up more than Russ, but those are the two. So I really like that odd over on FanDuel. That would probably be my favorite from the game. Other than that, you know, I, I honestly don't hate the idea of just saying like Malkin not to have a point. It seems you know, I know you like Malkin, and, no, and, and, and I think that's fair. They're, they're giving it such good odds of him not having a point that you know you think this game is a dud, like I do. Um, you know, bet the under on one site, maybe make a parlay with the under, make another one with Mark Malkin not having a point at plus one forty. I think that that's kind of where I'm angling, but I probably just end up having that rust shot. Problem yeah, I I like the rust. I like the rust prop too. Uh, that's a good good call over on uh, FanDuel Sportsbook there. So yeah. um, we can go from there over to Tampa at Florida. Tampa currently minus 165 on the money line and the over-under is currently set at a six. Um, yeah, how do you feel about this one? It, has Florida shown you enough that, that you think they can play with this Tampa team that seems to be firing on all cylinders at this point? 
Short answer, I would say no. Uh, but I mean, that just might be this recency bias of them not just blowing the doors off Detroit. Um, you know, Detroit beat them once or twice. Was it, was it both times? Uh, Two or three? One, it was one and one. Okay, yeah. Uh, but we're going to see three straight games of this Tampa-Florida. Two in Florida, one in Tampa. Um, you know, I think the obvious easy way of going about this is that Tampa wins. And I think most people will lean that way. But I'm not incredibly, incredibly, incredibly high on it. Uh, I think that my overall leaning is that, you know, these two teams are going to be somewhat competitive, but I'd like that Tampa line won a lot. So whatever way you want to kind of go about getting them involved, maybe it's, you know, multi-point or you, know, you can, if you want to go with that Stamco shot on goal, I think it's still really enticing two and a half. I mean, they're just not pricing it correctly. So I, I, they just refuse to, I don't know why they can't figure that out, but obviously he's going to do more than that. Um, on Bando right now, they have it at a six and a half over under. So I do like the six. Uh, I do think it'll be decently. There'll be some goals scored. So, um, just what I guess. What do you think about it? Yeah, no, that Stamkos shot prop is yeah. you know it's minus one sixty two. It's not yeah, it's it's, minus one forty eight on Fanduel. So Fanduel can oh, be a man. little bit better. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, and then the other day Fanduel had it at a three. So they just like Stamkos like hits it again, and then they like, lower look, it or make it better. Hornfist and Barkov are each the same prop minus one sixty seven. Like. Those guys are both, I mean, Torrenfist especially, a great rate shooter. Barkov has been great. But this is Steven Stamkos we're talking about. Like, yeah, come on, people. Um, you know, so, yeah, that one makes a lot of sense. Uh, for me, though, this, this I think, might be my sort of flag plant on the daily fantasy side of things. Um, I mean, it could just be points chasing after the, you know, hurting they put on Nashville on Tuesday night, but they came in on a similarly large slate on us, you know, a slate with McDavid and Dreisaitl, uh, sub 10% owned, even if that nudges up to say 15%, I think that that's, I think that they have that, you know, level of odds to break the slate um, on DraftKings. You're talking discounts on each of Stamco's point and Palat versus where they've priced this season. Um and I don't think Florida is that much better defensively, if at all. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that's sort of what I'm really looking at here. Um, but yeah, as far as, as far as this game's concerned, I think just all things Tampa, um, I think there's a little bit of value on the money line and that Stamco's shot prop, I think might be the bet of the night, just all and things if, considered. If you like the narrative that Bobrovsky isn't good, even though he is 4-0-1 with a sub-900 save percentage, um, you know, he should be starting again. Uh, that well, he is gonna start again. They said he's gonna start again, so unless something changes, which you never know in this world, but um, so if you really do, you know, think he's bad, you know, putting a two goal prop on Stamkos, I don't think it's the worst idea in the, in the history of the world. Um, I don't know if if I, I would do that in a more than a two way parlay of some variety, but um, it, yeah. it's pretty spicy. One other interesting one, uh, Tampa to score first and then win plus 114. Uh, Tampa, I think in nine games this season has scored first and they've won all of them. Um, you know, they sure. haven't, wait, they haven't even played nine games. That's not right. Maybe um, it was Detroit at lot, but anyway, it's difficult to do that without playing nine games. Yes. <laughs> okay. They played 11. So maybe they've lost their nine, their nine, they're nine, two. one and one. So that would mean yeah. that they've lost both games. They I think that's right. Them. I think I did see that. Right. I, I can't Sorry, source that at this exact change. moment. <laughs> um, Unconfirmed, confirmed. Yeah. So, you know, maybe that gives you sort of, uh, you know, the sort of odds you're looking for in, on this game. Um, and similarly, Tampa by 
the spread minus one and a half puck line plus 150 there i think you could make an argument that both of those are fine um but i am leaning toward that first goal especially if bob you know he's been shaky so uh, let, let's see that one uh, anything else before you take us into our next game no let's, let's get over right to edmonton and montreal the six and a half over under if it's a canadian team it's got a six and a half over under um so yeah this one i think you know uh, both teams have Ben, you know, I think the most interesting thing is Edmonton doesn't even have an overtime loss, which it seems like there's been so many games in overtime that they just find a way to either win or lose in regulation. Well, actually, they probably won some in overtime. But, um, you know, the, the, definitely the favoring, and this one goes to the home team, Montreal. The six and a half is, I don't know if I'm if I'm high on it going over. I think it's, it's you know, not my favorite game in the world as far as it being like a clear over. Um, I, you know, I think you could talk me into – just playing the Montreal side with their depth and saying that they're going to find the scoring to get it done against Edmonton. But it's not my favorite way of attacking this game. Um, but I think you know, if I was going to put my money in, in either team, it'd be Montreal, just because I think that, you know, you take McDavid or Drysdale off the ice and Edmonton is, you know, terrible. So uh, I think Montreal has the depth to just be the better team more often than not against Edmonton. Yeah, I mean, they're coming off of, uh, you know, a, a hard-fought loss to Toronto on Wednesday night. So this is the only team playing on a back-to-back here. And uh, this schedule doesn't really offer us too many chances. It just sort of takes stabs at, like, quote-unquote schedule losses. Uh, but this is one of them because Edmonton is rested. You know, they're still on the road, you know, on a road trip. But uh, they did get the night off. And I kind of think that they might offer a little bit of value just because, um, you know, McDavid, Dreisaitl, like they're great and they're not favored. Uh, I didn't see anything Wednesday that sort of confirmed my suspicions that Montreal might not be that good at scoring against teams not named Ottawa or Vancouver. So I kind of think that the under and Edmonton might both be fine bets here. Um, I like the under a little bit more. Yeah, especially because, you know, just relative to these other Canadian games, like all six and a halves, I think the other two are much better over bets than this one, I will say. But otherwise, I'm probably just leaving it alone. Uh, so any player props you like here? Um, yeah, I mean, again, I, I'm just going to say this really quickly because I've already kind of hinted at this. If you're ever doing player props and you have the luxury of having multiple sites to play from, make sure you're looking at both. I mean, I don't know how much time everyone has to be jamming this out, but you know, we're, we're mainly using DraftKings, and I'm trying to just include a little bit of FanDuel just so you know, like it's out there, like check it out. So definitely do both because the one thing about DraftKings is they just don't give you the same volume um, of, of player props. But you know, if I had to just going from uh, DraftKings right now, I mean, I, you know, anytime you get a chance to take, uh, you know, I, I think Shea Weber or Tatar, I think Tatar at plus 150 to get over two and a half is, decently enticing it's not a perfect storm but if you do like this game to be you know decent to you know around that six and a half mark it's you know Tatar has been decently good at rate shooting he had a six zero and a five so and it's a shots on goal in the past three games so yeah. very boomer bust but give us petri you cowards <laughs> yeah, right, you <laughs> you know? yeah right like that would be the lock i i you know i uh, it's hard for me because because his time on ice has been very Gallagher-esque, if you will. If you've listened to us for a while, we always, you know, get up on them not playing Gallagher more. So the minutes aren't there, but the shots have been. And getting a decent plus bet on that is very good. Um, but yeah, that, that, you know, kind of getting to my point, if you go over to FanDuel, I'm sure you can 
get that, you know, Petri bet. Um, I'll, I'll try to take a look if you want to say one of your favorites. Yeah. Um, you know, pull the RV to score plus three twenty five. I think that's fine. Just given some of the names he's priced around. Um, he's been playing with McDavid. That doesn't feel like it's changing. And he even has been getting power play one run, you know, like I, uh, He's certainly boomer bust and he's rising the prices in DFS, but betting wise, I think plus 325, he's uh, a fine bet at that number. Um, and then just wanted to give a shout out to my boy, Evan Bouchard, who did end up scoring on Tuesday. I, I didn't, I didn't bet it, even though I was, you know, like this guy's going to score his first goal sooner than later. And I didn't expect it to be, you know, on a weak wrister from the point through traffic. Uh, but you know, you'll take him how you, however you can get him. So I know, uh, I know he's, he's might be good. Yeah. Or I, he just doesn't play like, if they're like, here's 12 minutes, shoot the puck as much as you can in that 12 minutes. Um, I call it yeah. Alexandro Gochenyak syndrome. Yeah. Where you just you give someone no minutes and they're like, shoot as many times as you can in the, in the five minutes we give you. But Jake yeah, no, I, I, Jake the Jake the there we go. There Nine we go. Or eight, I think oh, I yeah, guess. just nuts. Like what a million shots. Um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely like that take. Also, the player props aren't on Pendle right now, so that didn't work out. Um, I, oh. I guess, uh, yeah, yep, they're not there yet. So I'll I'll take Tatar. I, you know, I think it's it's been pretty 50-50 if he if he either shoots a hundred times or he shoots none. So uh, plus one fifty, uh, you know, I'll take that coin flip. All right, uh, let's get on over to Columbus at Chicago. Um, Chicago is a slight home favorite over Columbus, which is almost shocking you know if you just yeah. considered sort of the talk around these two teams coming into the season um the over under is a five and a half as well but um yeah chicago has been surprisingly plucky uh they they found goaltending in kevin lankinen even malcolm subans contributed a bit here and columbus i mean they might be going off the rails like uh you know fill us in on injured. the latest on the patrick line saga because things are not off to a hot start at, at least as of the last game where he was benched. Yeah. Uh, very disappointing. Honestly. I mean, they did talk about it on the podcast yesterday about how, you know, playing line a has been unbelievably tilting. Um, I personally above the mindset that it's not going to last. Uh, hopefully it doesn't last. I think that you're going to get one of the lowest ownership on um, across the, the sites on a guy with the highest upside in line a tomorrow. Um, you know, I'm not saying it's, it's definitely not a cash play. Um, it's definitely not something if you make one lineup that you're probably going to want to do, but if you make multiple lineups like me, I would really consider just jamming in him and Rosovich, at least one, they should be correlated on five on five and the power play. And, you know, the line, a revenge narrative of getting benched could come into play against a team that I still think is not that good. Um, it's again, this is more of a, a hot take than a, a lock of any variety and like, if you don't play DraftKings often and don't maybe, you know, take your first stab on over there with a, a line, a lineup, cause he's not cheap enough. Like his price isn't great, but if he ends up getting the minutes, 18 minutes with Rocevich, you got a, a million, then it could end up being kind of like decent uh, slate breaking upside. Yeah. I mean, and that's, if you believe the story that line, a was not benched for his on ice play, because I mean, we know that line a and torts level defense do not mix. Um, but he was actually an off-ice sort of uh, blow-up with an assistant or something along those lines that Patrick Lane basically came out and admitted to. Um, so things might be smoother than they initially appear on the surface, yeah. which you know supports that. Uh, but yeah, Jack Jack Rosovich, uh scored an absolute dandy of a goal. Uh, yeah, very, was very, it very last good. game. 
just yeah two games ago one of those two games two. Ago? i have the highlight you know in my head but can't oh i can oh, yeah, i can i mean i, I think i can um, find it really quick but he is plus 375 to score like you mentioned should be on line a hip uh, line a plus 175 maybe not quite the value you're looking for um but you know roslovich is a is a good player um you know and if he's showing any flair you know like that like uh, he offers a lot of value, I think, for the minutes he should no, see. Totally agree. General, uh, general upside he brings to the table. One other sort of mini correlation I'm thinking about in DFS is Oliver Bjorkstrand and Boone Jenner. Uh, Boone Jenner is just one of the most reliable guys on this team. He sees a lot of minutes. He has solid underlying numbers in terms of both on-ice uh, driving play and actually taking shots and using those shots uh, for himself, which you want to see in Daily Fantasy. Um, and then he's paired with Oliver Bjorkstrand at five on five and on the power play as of this moment. So right. that's just sort of like, you know, very cheap, uh, some upside and they easily could both hit the bonus here against, uh, you know, Chicago and just, you know, uh, make it a lot easier to fit in some of these high end plays. Yeah. Plus, uh, plus 475 to score over on DraftKings. I mean, again, I think that's, that's also a pretty good angle to take. I mean, I, you know, I think at some point the wheels are going to fall off on Chicago a couple games in a row here where they give up a, a whole bunch. So I think both of those goal props are pretty solid. Um, you're getting, I think, pretty good odds on Debrinkit and Kubalik on the two and a half shots. Um, Kubalik, you're getting a better value on taking it, uh, more money coming back to your pocket. But I think Debrinkit's really, really, really likely to hit that two and a half. Um, at least he has been shooting like a madman. Um, and I think that continues. Kubalik and him are definitely the guys who want to get the puck. Uh, I mean, to shoot that, that those are the guys. So, yeah, just keep in mind that with the bring it back, uh, Kubalik is not on that top power yeah, play, which right. sort of which hurts uh, him for sure. But I, I like, I mean, I'm thinking I like, I like to bring it more um, for sure. And, and that the odds aren't as, as good. Okay. Uh, we don't have shot on goal props yet on FanDuel, so I can't give you the odds over there. But you know, I think that that those are also very fair. Uh, check those out. See if you get better odds on Debrinket on FanDuel, and like I think that one's really solid. Like two and a half is he's going to hit that most nights. All right, uh, let's get to Detroit at Nashville. Nashville, uh, one of the largest favorites of the night at minus one ninety here. Uh, we you know we did see Detroit steal a win from Florida. Um, they haven't looked as terrible as you know you might think. They've certainly looked bad. Like they got their doors blown off against Tampa. Uh, you know, national spotlight, like, you know, all that, but they've been, you know, they've been somewhat competitive. So how do you feel about, you know, this game with Nashville sort of coming in, uh, you know, also getting their doors blown off by Tampa, but, you know, maybe some more uh, undercurrent of problem in uh, Nashville, which just uh, there's a lot of animosity, let's say toward uh, the organization at this point, so much so that Adam Vingan, like their, uh, I could have butchered his name, but their athletic beat writer basically wrote an article saying like, look guys, John Hines doing the best of what he has here. <laughs> it yeah. was really uh, it, was, it was a tough read. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm wearing the Nashville Predators Jersey. Um, I thought this would be a good night for it. I, I think that uh, I, Forsberg is one of my favorite DFS plays and, and so is Yossi. So those are two guys I'm, I'm definitely keying in on um, as far as very, very, very good plays. Uh, it, it's a five and a half over under. I, I think I slightly side with the over. Um, I don't know how incredibly high I'm going to be on it. I'm not sure if I'm going to end up incredible, like very, very in on it, just jamming a bunch of money or just sort of thinking, you know, about it in a, in a small parlay of some variety. So, um, but I definitely like it. I think 
the, the hardest part for me is figuring out their power play. We're not exactly sure what it is. They've had a lot of injuries, some small, some big, and you know, getting Arvidsson off that first unit really hurts his upside. Uh, he played with Forsberg and Sissons. I don't think that's going to last. Going uh, Losing 6-1 to one is normally a good time to change the lines up a little bit. We'll see. Um, maybe Cousins slips back in there, and we'll find out what they're going to do, but not a big fan of that at all. Yeah, it's just weird, man. They 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 lose Johansson, sort of like their nominal top line center for forever, and then they put Duchesne. They played him on the wing, like with Granlin, right. and they had Cunning playing center a bit. Uh, you know, it's not like it's not like he's playing the wing only, but like it was just a really weird look to like stick scissors between Arvidsson and Forsberg. Um, some of the healthy scratch decisions are just strange. Uh, like this Michael McCarron character hasn't played in the league since 2018 comes in on their top power play. Just like, yep. Yep. You know, um, sure. I, I, so I don't get it, <laughs> you know, no, nope, don't um, get it. I mean, it, the injuries are, are tough and you know, their center depth wasn't good to start the year. It was, kind of the, the, the question, like, do they have, they go and get Johansson, they go and get Duchesne. Neither of them seem to pan out super well. So now, you know, we're really screaming the bottom of the barrel. Um, that is tough. I think the two-man stack, though, of just play Forsberg and, and Yossi and Profit is my plan with this game. Um, if I get, you know, pretty solid news that Arvinson's back on the first power play, you might throw him in there as well. But I think that their their goal is to get those guys shooting the puck. And I think Detroit's going to give up a fair amount defensively as far as shots on goal. So that's, I'm pretty high on it. Yeah. So uh, just going to use some of these goal odds to inform our DFS play for a second, because like Nick cousins is listed at plus three twenty to score, um, you know, Kai Yarncrow plus three forty. I think or Tolvin and as well, plus three forty. Um, I think these are all bad bets, but you're talking three dudes on DraftKings who are 2.5 K uh, going against Detroit, we do not know, you know, what the lineup's going to look like. Um, you know, Tolvanen even got scratched last game. But if any of these guys slides up the lineup, uh, also Nick Cousins was a scratch. Uh, Cousins has been playing first power play here. Yeah. And, know. you know, McCarron's certainly not going to be a tough guy to get off that when unit. You, so you got McCarron, you got to jam him in that first right. power play. So, I don't know what you're, it's just obvious. I don't know what you're thinking, Matt. But that's the main reason, the, the main thing I'm thinking about from this game isn't you know, uh, Forsberg and Yossi, I think are fine, but I just prefer other spots. Honestly, I prefer to spend my, you know, salary elsewhere. Um, so maybe looking at some of these cheaper guys, like from a daily fantasy standpoint, makes the most sense. As far as player props though, um, the number on Roman Yossi is over three and a half shots plus 100. Have you seen anything on the status of Matthias Ekholm? Because he came back, he, no, he came back and then he got hurt. And we don't know uh, what his status is at this point, but if he's out again, uh, you know, cause he missed. All, all we really have is that he did not play the third period. That's all we really so, know at this point. There's nothing indicating a, a, a certainty. So we'll have to look at that and definitely we'll, you know, try to make a retweet or some variety on our personal accounts and over at the Morning Skate podcast. So if he's out, uh, Roman Yossi in an absolute massacre played 29 minutes. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's probably not going to happen with, you know, six defensemen rather than just five. Um, but Yossi's going to get a ton of ice time here uh, without, you know, the reliable lefty at home on the second pair. Yossi's just going to get double shifted. Uh, so I like that number. You know, I think he could easily hit the double bonus on DraftKings for you. Oh, yeah. But betting him even money over three and a half shots, uh, I think that actually makes a lot of sense just given how much of the offense they want to run through the points. 
and Forsberg two and a half minus two fifteen. Just yeah, just I'm, <laughs> I'm not come on, interested. just like why do you do that to me? Like why do you gotta? They just kept boosting it until I couldn't play it, and they finally may have hit the number. So yeah, I like Yossi a little bit more. Just you know, we're, we're here to gamble. Let, let's make some money on Yossi. I think that he he's gonna have that. I like the double bonus. I like everything about it. So that's gonna be the move. Um, yeah, I, if you're ready, we can get to the next game. Let's do anything else you wanted to touch on there. Yeah, take us away. So Ottawa at Winnipeg, I don't even need to say the over-under. At this point, if you've been listening, you should know it's six and a half. Um, Ottawa is confirmed <laughs> very bad at hockey. I know Matt's been a little bit lower on Winnipeg. If you're you know kind of following along, they are 10 and two against the spread, which is kind of shocking. Uh, I, I did not expect to see that from them. Um, I like Winnipeg here. Uh, I like kind of what they've been doing as of late. So kind of the, the big news in last game was that that uh, Wellers played with Shifley and Cop and scored. So you assume that will Twice. stick. <laughs> right. Oh, well, well, the other time was on the power play. I mean, yeah, he scored with the five on five unit and okay. then he scored in the second power play unit. So that Cop Ellers stack is, is in play. Um, Cop's been really good. We've kind of been, you know, hit or miss on him. I don't think I'm ever going to be the the highest on him just because of I don't know what his upside really brings in DFS but um, overall I think it's it's you know they're pretty good together I think Ottawa's really not very good um, the second line for them was Vasilainen with Stastny and Wheeler um, well I guess you could probably twenty minutes did he play yeah you're right you only no, no, how how many thirteen ish thirteen so that's okay. really the third line yeah. Uh, I mean, you think it's like Wheeler played 17 and Stastny played 16. So, but then the, the really the second line was the Connor Dubois and Appleton. Sure. I'm yeah. not interested in Appleton, but um, you know, I, I you know, the, the big question mark was like, what is Dubois' role going to be? He didn't see either power play, which might change. We're not really sure. Obviously, you're kind of mixing this guy in after not being with the team. So, we'll kind of see. He ended up getting a big old goose egg um, in, in daily fantasy. So, We'll find out, but Matt, is there anything, obviously a lot of new lines, a lot of changes here. So is there anything that you like on the Winnipeg side or is there anything that maybe you're still interested in on the Ottawa side? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm really interested to see how Dubois and Connor just sort of gel, like, you know, chemistry wise, because that is a ton of talent there, um, especially if they're, you know, basically trying to separate them from like the Wheeler Shifley's, um, you know, basically they can drive their own line. That actually would be huge because Winnipeg, even so far this season just hasn't really driven play. They haven't generated a ton offensively. Um, they've just had some good conversion and, you know, with guys like Kyle Connor and Mark Shifley, you probably should expect that against these you know other Canadian opponents. Um, but yeah, I just don't really see Winnipeg as like an upper tier team in the Canadian division. I think they're firmly middle of the pack, you know, behind teams like Toronto and, um, so getting them at minus 200, I just think feels a little bit sketchy. You know, they're at home, they're against Ottawa. I get it. Um, but that just sort of has me poking around the send side. I just think they might be slightly undervalued. Um, you know, a guy like Tim Stutzel, wildly talented first power play plus 390 to score. Um, yeah. I, I really like that. Uh, Evgeny Dadanov, sort of the exact same price on daily fantasy sites is plus 235. Um, you know, Stutzel is just, He's awesome. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how his rookie campaign goes. Um, I might've mentioned this already, but after we talked about him before Thursday, last Thursday's show, I saw him get on the top power play. I placed the bet immediately on him to win to Calder and he's eight to one 
I bet him at 14 to one, like the next day he's eight to one. So like, you know, that's something that I sort of have going on all season. Um, but he's still in that role and yeah, he just looks, he looks like he belongs. And that's sort of surprising given some of the blowback that the Sens received on the selection. So, um, you know, just one guy who I think is really worth, uh, you know, a bet on this slate if you are looking for some action there. Yeah, I think my favorite bet of the night in this game is going to be the Shabbat uh, shot on goal prop. Uh, over two and a half, minus 106. He's done it four straight games. They really seem to be featuring him as a guy that's going to be shooting the puck. Um, I think that this game still has some decent pace, maybe not quite what it was against Edmonton, but very high. You know, he's seeing 25 minutes plus without a doubt, uh, almost 27 and, a, and 0.3 against Edmonton last game where he had seven shots on goal. I think he hits that shot prop more often than not. He really has been a guy that's been shooting a ton, you know, with defensemen, you always have a little bit of a risk of, you know, they have to shoot from further away. So they may take the shots to do what they get on net is always a little bit, you know, where you're, 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 do you love it or not? But I think that Shabbat is an elite fantasy defenseman and minus one Oh six just isn't enough for me to be shy from it. So uh, he's probably my favorite, like, just individual player prop on the night. And then I really, really like that uh, goal prop on Stutzel or Stutzel or wait, I feel like I'm, I said it wrong twice. It's Stutzla. <laughs> I feel like it's just Stutzla. Stutzla. Is it Stutzla? Yeah. That's yeah, it. That's there right. it is. Oh my God. You like, I feel like you said it wrong and you never say players' names wrong. And then I was like, wait, hold on. I'm, I'm now lost. Yeah. Stutzla. <laughs> there we go. Got yeah, it. Nailed we figured it. it out. Na- Yep. I think, yeah, I think he, that might be my favorite, one of the longer shot ones. And then um, fantasy yeah, hockey think, yeah. pronunciation and bets show presented by prize picks. There we go. Uh, yeah. And then the, and then the player in, in, in the NHL, that's been the most unlucky player as far as getting points and getting goals is Brady the Chuck. Uh, a lot of the numbers are leading to him just being way, way better than his point production has been. And I'm still pretty high on him overall. Um, so I definitely almost every night looking at his bet to get a point, but to get this and that, and in this matchup here, uh, to get a point minus 125, I'm still in on that. All right, Deej, one bet from this game. What are you taking? The Shabbat prop. All right. Uh, Shabbat prop. give me, uh, give me the Wheeler under shots. I knew it. Yeah. I mean, just keep doing it. it. Uh, last three games, it's worked for us. You can, you can see it. The minutes aren't there. He's sort of just... You know, he's not playing with Shifley. Like uh, he's just sort of mispriced at this point. Um, so I like sort of taking advantage yeah. of that. And sometimes and it, you're not paying 5,700 for him on DraftKings. I am not. Uh, so let's go from there over to Carolina at Dallas. Um, this game, I feel like has some sneaky upside. So Dallas is currently a home dog, uh, Carolina minus 122 on the money line, uh, but the total is five and a half. And you know, after you watch these, uh, the Cara, sorry, Chicago Dallas series, and I think both games were two to one solved in overtime, like certainly not the most uh, stunning hockey you could be watching, but there was a lot of pace there. Uh, Carolina plays with a lot of pace and I don't really, I don't really trust the goaltending at this point. I mean, could likely to start coming cold. Uh, I think he's been off for a week now, some disciplinary, uh, issue yeah. with him and you know just in general I don't really think about goalies all that much uh, but the pace here I just think the over here is a good bet um, you know just a lot of the underlying numbers suggest that both these teams are better offensively than they've shown so 
Do you agree with that? Are there any particular spots you want to attack, like player prop wise here? You know, I, I definitely agree on the over. I think that that's that's pretty sharp. The pace seems very very good. Um, you know, the the throw is a, it's interesting. Like it's a five and a half over under, and then you look at like the point props, and they're all like pretty big minuses to you know at the guess mark. So it's like while it's a five and a half, they think a lot of guys are going to get points in this game, and you know that just, just whenever I see something like that where it's this kind of makes me feel like a little bit better about taking the over. Um, is there one prop I like more than the rest is probably your next question. And, you know, it's really hard to pinpoint goals for either of these teams. It's seemingly been just always scattered throughout the, throughout the guys. But, you know, I, I think if I had to put my neck out there on Trocek at 335, like that just seems to not be right. Um, I don't know why it's so far back compared to, you know, the rest. Um, yeah. We are assuming he plays. Yeah. Um, assuming he plays because he yeah. was day to day. So like that, that yeah. is, he is hopeful to play and I think he, he will play. Um, yeah. That, that is another good point to make. Yeah. But he's been shooting a ton. Um, keep, you know, six goals in nine games. Very nice. And I think that he's just, uh, you know, kind of a, all we and the thing is before last year, he was an elite rate, elite rate shooter. And I think he's picking that back up again with his line mates and, uh, yeah, like I want to take elite rate shooters at plus 335. Yeah, um, and same deal for the Carolina side, Svechikov, over two and a half, minus 155. Just lay those odds. Uh, two games against Dallas so far this year, he has seven shots, at least three in both, I think three and four uh, in those two games. You know, not like that matters too much, but you're just talking a guy with the track record, the usage, the power play role uh, over two and a half for a guy like Svechnikov is just almost free money. So I really like only getting him at minus 155. Um, so, yeah, I mean, do you have a lean on like the Carolina or Dallas side if you were to bet the money line here? I think, I think ever so slightly Carolina, but I... I'm going to, again, I want to kind of wait and look if we get some morning skate lines and see what players are actually in, you know, make sure truck tracks in there make sure they're kind of at full go. But I think it's a slight lean towards Carolina. I think they have better defense by a good bit. So I was going to say the exact same thing. So that's why I'm sort of staying away from the money line here and mostly focusing on the over and these player props. So yeah, I agree with um, that. Let's see. So now we get into the 10 o'clock games, starting off with Calgary at Vancouver. Uh, Calgary, I guess the over under. Is it a six and a half, DJ? It's a six and a half. You nailed it. Welcome to Canada. eh? Um, Welcome to Canada. All right. So minus 150 for Calgary here. Like just jam that. (laughs) Come on, people. Yeah. yeah, This is is Vancouver. Like, you know, you know my shtick at this point. And it's that Vancouver sucks. um, And boy, have they proven me right so far this year. So yeah, they um, love you for sure. (laughs) I think they do like that. That really, they want, they want you making money. It's just been, that's been the way it's been. So yeah. yeah. Speaking of uh, people who do not want me making money though, Calgary won, burned me bad on Tuesday. Are you going back to the well? I'm going right back to the well, baby. You know it. Like, you know, so uh, Gaudreau, Monaghan, Sam Bennett, if he stays there, all of them are just really underpriced. Um, You know, Gaudreau, Monaghan on that power play, you know, it hasn't worked yet, but Damn it, we'll keep trying. So yeah, the way. they're just they're just too good here. I, I really like the Calgary side. Um, you know, I could I could read you the 
almost league worst numbers in every regard for Vancouver, but I'll spare you that. So just trust me when I tell you they've played bad. They've looked bad. They are bad. Um, so DJ, any player props here? I mean, I think some variety of Johnny Gaudreau and it could be a, like a two point if you're feeling safe, you know, just get him in at uh, plus 250 to get two points and, and he's going to see a ton of ice time. There's a lot of, you know, opportunity in that game. He's been still one of their best players, even though they, that line did not produce the goal last game. I mean, he was on the ice for one of them on the power play and we all, but we're a forward thinking show. So if you want to get absolutely crazy and maybe I will, maybe I won't plus 900 to get three points. Like let's get let's get wild let's get absolutely nuts. He had a power play goal, two assists, um, one's an empty net assist. You know something crazy like that. Uh, I think the other contrarian way of going about this game is you know if you like the over a good bit, saying that you're gonna take four or five guys in this game in DFS um, because the Vancouver side's really really cheap for a six and a half at home. Uh, not that the at home matters a whole ton, but Pedersen fifty eight, Miller fifty six, and Besser at fifty eight. Um, those are all really good. I think if you did like a Besser, Miller, um, Quinn Hughes stack, and then maybe come back with a Monahan and Gaudreau, uh, I think that could be really fun and contrarian in some capacity. I'm not sure if it's going to be completely unowned, but I like that game to be you know seven, eight goals, and I want to get the guys that are going to score them. So um, that's one way I'm kind of thinking about this game. Yeah, I, I don't mind the game, the game stack angle, especially, you know, if you're looking at that Vancouver power play, um, you know, it's still fine. You know, Pedersen uh, is still pretty good. He's mispriced, like you're saying. So I don't hate a game stack here. Uh, very interesting way to think about it, in especially like larger field tournaments. Uh, that certainly could work. So um, I just want to reiterate. Played before, right? Yeah, way back. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, way, way. Back. I was just gonna look at the matchups really quickly just to see who was playing against who. But um, yeah, it looks like the Beagle Mott Suter, if that line still exists, was the one that went against at the time the Chuck Gaudreau Monahan. So I was just thinking, like, are those lines even gonna be good matchups? So it does look like Vancouver still has a, a variation yeah, I mean, of that Beagle line. So this that is could be what. Yeah, in- it's been. This is in Vancouver, so I would assume they want to throw Horvat yeah. on that yeah, line. But honestly, they, the thing is, it's tough because the backline line's been so good. Um, backline's been great. Backline has like, been great. I mean, he's, that's yeah, he's, another... he's above like 60% expected goals. Like He's been nuts, yeah. um, but just not quite relevant for DFS. So yeah, They they dominated uh, shot share against that Horvat line last time with the backline line who played against them, I guess, kind of the most. Um, so I, and that was that was the Hogland, Hoglander... Pearson Horvat. Um, so I don't know. I mean, that was the matchup last time. It could change. We're not sure. Just like, like we mentioned before though, using our advantage of having these teams play so many games is going to be very crucial. Um, it's not perfect going back a whole month, but you know, get on hockey. This, if you have questions, ask us, um, it'd be best to reach out to us on social media and ask us to like, kind of show you what we mean by this. If you're wondering, I mean, I'm looking at it on my screen, but you can't see my screen. So just ask, um, <laughs> Send us yeah. a message, send us a note, whatever you want to do. And we can kind of show you what we mean. If you're wondering, like, how do they know this? Like, where are they finding this? It's hockeybiz.com. And we will show you a little bit of how we get this information. All right. Uh, let's go over to Anaheim at Vegas. Um, this game, like we mentioned at the top, could be a COVID cancellation, you know, very yeah. strange situation at the end. Uh, so one thing that did happen, Shea Theodore left the game, but he wasn't added to the COVID list. So we assume it's some sort of injury. Uh, 
you know, there's not much speculation out there on what exactly happened to him. But luckily for our purposes, even if he is out, we should be getting back Alex Petrangelo. So uh, that could be a nice little one for one swap there. Um, but, you know, same things apply as did on Tuesday. Uh, Ricard Raquel is just undervalued across the industry. I think he's a very good player. Uh, he got on the score sheet last game. Like, yep, you know, oh is. my God, they scored a goal for him on the ice. Incredible. Rather than just like miss nets or whatever, uh, whiffing on perfect passes, those sorts of things. Um, but other than that, patches is just a smash, you know, like that's really the only thing uh, I'm going back to if this game even winds up playing. Yeah, I, I, I really like Petrangelo. I think, you know, if Theodore's in or not, I still really like him a ton. Um, he's going to see a ton of run, I think. Um, the, I mean, kind of barring if we get any news about him just being like very under the weather, it was COVID related, but did we know if he, did he have COVID? Um, I'm actually not COVID sure. Trip. I'm not sure if he had it or not. So yeah, but I guess, you know, but let's, with a grain of salt, if, if he's full go, um, then yeah, I'm very in on Petrangelo in some capacity with, a good amount of Vegas. Um, Anaheim's banged up. They probably won't have Gibson. Um, well, they probably won't even play, but I mean, you know, if they play, uh, if, you know, Miller's in again, I, I think that I could end up having up to two to three guys on Vegas. Uh, you know, their lines are not going to be a, a perfect, you know, this is what they're doing, but, you know, well, their lines are, but the power plays, uh, we don't know exactly, especially if Petrangelo comes back in and Theodore's out. We're going to have to see exactly what they do. Um, but most of that, you think, just because I, Martinez probably won't be there. Do you think they just plug in Petrangelo? Yeah, yeah. Pretty much? I, I, okay. Yeah, but if Theodore is out, then what? Did Martinez, they plug in? Theodore would go out, Petrangelo to well, yeah. power play one, and Martinez power play two. That's, okay. Yeah, All that's right, fine. pretty much what we're guessing here. Um, yeah, yeah, I just, yeah. Just, I mean, I, I think that, you know, stacking this game is really easy if you have the cap to get Stone and Patch ready with one of those defensemen. Um, it gets... A little bit harder, but like the Riley Smith March or so stack is not terrible, and it did get a goal last game, and I think it definitely is always there to get another one. So, okay, um, and yeah, Cody Glass and Chandler Stevenson both at center, both pretty cheap across the industry. Uh, I want to say he's minimum price on FanDuel, which is just a glaring miss given his power play yeah. one job. Um, so you know that's the the main spot I'm thinking if I'm looking you know beyond patches uh, for me personally. Um, all right, last game of the night, San Jose at LA. Um, the line on this one, Sharks slight favorites, minus 124. And the over-under is set at a six. You know, game with the Sharks and Kings at a six. Uh, kind of surprising, but actually, if you're coming over after listening to the Morning Skate podcast, uh, DJ and I opened up our guaranteed goal segment with two guys from this game. So, DJ, yeah. sort of talk me through uh, this game and what to expect. Yeah, I mean, I think my entire take on this is that Adrian Kempe is a very good play at uh, 4.1 on DraftKings. And I think even cheaper on FanDuel, but if you want to, if you have that up, you can double check uh, his to goal is to score a goal is plus 295, which isn't the craziest odd in the world. You kind of hope for better, but in the month of February, he's been tied for fifth in I Corsi on the power play. Um, I Corsi four basically means he's shooting the puck a ton. They're clearly feeding him. It's clearly Kopitar trying to set him up. So I really, really like that a lot. He has been seeing more and more minutes um, where it gets even more interesting for LA is that Dowdy is almost certainly out. Uh, I'd be really shocked if he does end up playing that move was Kale Clegg or uh, Kale Clegg or Clegg, eh, yep, Clegg, Clegg probably yeah. um, Clegg into the top power play more than likely. 
Um, you know, I'm not sitting here saying I'm going to jam in his to score prop. I think it, yeah, it's plus 750, which, you know, if you're, if you're playing, you know, he might not be the worst call in the, in the history of the world, but I'm probably not going to have it personally. Um, other than that, I mean, it's, it's kind of uh, the player props are tough on DraftKings. They're just not giving you a lot of the guys you're going to want to take. Um, but on the uh, kind of reverse end of this, there's also a ton to love over on the uh, San Jose side. Uh, you could kind of talk me into any of the, the main four. Um, I mean, Kane still wasn't seeing first power play, but right at the end, it seemed like he did. So I'm interested to see how that ends up going. If Evander Kane's on the first power play with Logan Gatchor and Burns, that could be a really nice stack to have. Um, yeah, I'm really than, liking these Couture player props. Um, yeah. He got a price hike over on DraftKings and on FanDuel, he was already very expensive. Um, so not saying he's like super in play there, but uh, minus 118 for a point, I think that's a good bet. And then plus 100 for over two and a half shots. Um, yeah, he's playing with Kevin LeBanc and uh, Vander Kane at five on five, who sort of eat up a lot of the shots. But I, I think that LeBanc's not quite been what I was expecting this season in terms of his shot rate. And Couture, you know, I, I think that he's shouldering the load in most games. So I think, you know, even money for that, I think he hits three shots over 50% of the time for sure. Um, so I, I do think that's a great value bet there on Logan Couture. I still like the San Jose side of things at the minus 124. I did have it um, and they just squeaked it out in a shootout. So thank <laughs> thank you to them. Um, yeah, no. Oh, I know. Um, definitely, you know, not my favorite bet. It's not, I, you're never going to get a stone cold lock on a, on a money line, but you know, it's uh, yeah. I like that Couture call. I think that the Kempe goal call is, is still a favorite of mine. You know, they get on the power play. That's the guy who's shooting and that just doesn't seem to be where the odds have it. So I'm in All on right. it. Let's do a couple of our top bets of the night or a couple. Yeah. Top bets yeah. and then a couple of top stacks and then we'll get on out of here. Okay. Do you have one first or want me to? Um, yeah, for my, I think one of my favorite bets of the night is the over five and a half in Carolina, Dallas. Let's uh, let's right. do that one up. Yeah. I think my favorite long shot bet of the night is going to be the Boone Jenner to score um, just because he has been a pretty decent historic rate shooter. Um, you know, when he gets the minutes and, you know, it is a one game sample size. So he definitely got the minutes. He's playing with Brookstrand, um, getting power play time plus 475 is really, really enticing to me. I mean, that is, that is David Kemp range, <laughs> <laughs> like Liam Bowdley. So pretty cool. A guy named Reese Johnson. That, uh, that is a player who exists on That is a Chicago. player that has better odds at scoring a goal than Boone Jenner. Don't, don't um, buy it. I'm just not buying it. Okay. And for my sort of other favorite bet is the Stamkos over shots. I think we found a lot of good shot props and I think we do on, you know, most of these slates, honestly, with the, you know, with so many games to choose from, uh, but this Stamkos number in particular over two and a half minus 162. I just think that offers a ton of value. I would maybe even bet that up to minus 200, honestly. So, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Stamkos is just an awesome rate shooter. And as much as I loved Andre Pollock coming into the season, he's absolutely sort of melded into more of the distributor role. And Stamkos has been a direct beneficiary of that. So uh, I, I like yeah, that, that a lot. I totally agree. Um, I, I still, I'm, I'm going to be riding that Shabbat shot on goal plus 100. He's done it four nice. straight games. I think he continues it. I mean, 
there's going to be a lot of shots and, and he's a guy that they're clearly going to give almost 30 minutes a run to. So. All right. And, uh, and if you want to hear us talk about some DFS that make sure you check out the morning skate podcast uh, at morning skate pod on Twitter, you know, we, we did an entire show on the DFS slate ahead of us focusing, you know, a lot on positional type analysis, uh, but here we'll give you a, you know, a sampling of that and talk about a couple of our favorite DFS stacks of the night. DJ, do you have your first one queued up? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go against what I've said on the Morning Skate podcast, and I'm going to go with this Vancouver one stack. Um, probably more of a Miller, Besser, and uh, Quinn Hughes. I just think that, you know, Calgary does give up a decent bit defensively. Not a ton, a ton, but I think Vancouver will keep this game competitive. I like this game to be high scoring, and I think that they end up potting a couple goals combined with that, them, and I think you can kind of differentiate. I'm not sure if I'm going to have a ton, a ton of it, but if you make multiple lineups like me, I think it's worth considering for sure. Uh, yeah, so, you know, one place that I think uh, this has a lot of merit is over on FanDuel. Um, but, you know, assuming Vegas plays, we can get patches in. You know, patches feels like sort of like a lock relative. Um, but then you get two centers at just ridiculous discounts who have a really good exposure to him. And Chandler Stevenson at 3.8 on FanDuel and Cody Glass at the minimum 3K on FanDuel. You play both of them with patches. They can each get there on their own by picking up, you know, a point or a goal um, and a couple shots. But they also, you know, if patches has like a hat trick or a three-point night somehow, um, I think that those are two guys who are way underpriced and offer you a ton of upside. And then, you know, with the fourth guy, you could add on even Petrangelo or Mark Stone that just sort of capture a bunch of upside there. Um, But I really like that stack and think that, even just one of those centers uh, with patches will be very under-owned. Oh, I, I definitely agree. I mean, really with a 10-game slate, you're never incredibly worried on ownership, uh, but I definitely agree that that's, that's a good way of looking at it. Um, you know, I think my other stack, I, I don't want to get too off the beaten path. I think I went with something that's going to be a bit contrarian. Um, I'm just going to take that Tampa one, which I know you said on the other podcast, but I think, you know, the more I look at it, the more I'm kind of talking myself into it. It's really expensive, but there's a ton of value on this slate with the guys from uh, Columbus. And um, what was the other one? Well, I mean, kind of uh, Calgary. There's another one that I'm missing. Uh, oh, the LA, the Kempe Clegg. Um, So I think you could try to get a, a way to get the point. Palat, Stamkos, uh, Hedman in some variety. Uh, I do like Hedman a good bit. I don't know if it's worth jamming him in. So probably just get that point Stamkos and then just getting like some value somewhere else is going to be a staple in my lineups. Yeah. Um, and then Patrick Kane for me, I, I really like building some GPP teams around him. Uh, Alex Sabrinkis is coming back off of the COVID list has been awesome. Uh, getting a ton of high danger chances. He converted uh, two multi-goal games in uh, his last three. But just in general, the chances he's creating are incredible. So they're an even strength stack. They're a power play stack. Yeah, they're a bit expensive, but I think that Columbus is a bit uh, overrated at this point. And we can sort of see that with the Chicago being favored on this slate. So uh, like those two stacks. I totally agree. I mean, the offense, I mean, it's not quite McDavid dry levels, but like they give them all of the run and they're like, these are the guys that are shooting. Uh, So I totally agree with that. Okay, so, uh, you know, I think that was uh, a lot to go through 10 games here, but hopefully uh, you all got something out of this. You have your bets fired up. You have your DFS teams fired up. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You, you know, rate, review, uh, hear from you on Twitter or in the comments. We'll be patrolling and, uh, you know, we'll respond if you have any questions or anything like that about the slate. Um, 
So just other things, make sure you follow me. I am at fake moods on Twitter. DJ is at DJ underscore Mitchell 94. Anything else you want to mention before we uh, close the show? Yeah, just thanks to our gracious sponsor, Prize Picks. Um, definitely check us, check that out. Uh, didn't quite get the the odds quite yet, so we'll we'll try to get something out for tomorrow for that. Um, anything else before you want to close yourself? Is this uh, no. kind of it? No. Uh, so from DJ and I, good luck on this slate. So we'll see you. <laughs>